Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Jen Casey. She is a business and NLP coach from New York City. Through her programs in the Inner Boss podcast, she helps online business coaches build and sell profitable group programs using psychology. Guys, psychology is kind of our obsession and we do a deep dive in it today. We're touching on stuff about perfecting your sales language in webinars or in-person calls, changing your deeply rooted beliefs, all of those neuro pathways that have taken decades to deeply root inside your brain, convincing you of sometimes some not so fun realities. Jen gives us some really honestly simple action steps that we can start doing to build up repetition of new neural pathways to think better about the goals and the things that we want to achieve in life and business and help our clients and customers do the same thing. This one is definitely a longer episode where you probably want to grab a notebook to jot some ideas down. There's even an opportunity that Jen asked you to really, really like write down a belief or feeling that you had even from our podcast interview. And we really want you to do that and share them over on Instagram because we want to help you kind of work through this conversation and even get you in touch with Jen. So be sure to share your takeaways over on Instagram at boss project DM us so we can help support you on this journey. Okay. So by now you guys should know that I am very, very much obsessed about talking about the psychology behind, well, everyone, I take every personality test out there. I am actually making Abby take a new one right now that involves knowing the exact time of when she was born. And so anytime I can nerd about who we are as actual people and then using psychology, using like the innate things that we're naturally good at to sell more and to grow our business and connect with our customers and just love being in business even more than we already do, I am all about. And Jen is an expert at all of that stuff. So if you guys remember, we had Jen as a speaker 
for our last summit. And she helped you guys really, really break down niching down in your industry. But today we're going to kind of open it up a little bit more and talk about the psychology behind selling, this coaching aspect of NLP and everything in between. So Jen, why don't you give us first the overview of what the heck NLP even is and what are we kind of like really talking about today? Oh my gosh, of course. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And essentially what that whole area is, is basically tools and systems and techniques that help us really understand and leverage our ability to kind of sort through our language. So it's looking at our brain's connection to language and how that's programmed in the brain. So if you think about the brain, think about it like a computer. We have all these programs from childhood, usually from seven and under, and of course, things that occur later on in life as well. And we have a lot of, especially for entrepreneurs, as we are constantly trying to grow and expand and become the next level version of ourselves and you know hit that seven figure mark and do all of those things, a lot of times people will have different beliefs or thoughts come up from childhood. And we can think of those thoughts essentially as kind of like viruses, if we're relaying it back yeah. to the computer analogy, right? So we want to have tools and, and strategies to be able to reprogram mm-hmm. the brain for higher level efficiency. So essentially, that's what NLP allows us to do. And which I love, I love <laughs> that it not only touches on what you can do for yourself, but also how you can tap in, I don't know, fix other people sounds like the wrong phrase, but you can <laughs> tap into other people's yeah. psychology. Yeah. And influence in a manner that isn't necessarily manipulative. It's just tapping into a different Mm -hmm. area of their brain and making them think about things differently. So talk to me about this from a sales perspective. How could I use NLP techniques in my business to increase sales? So it's so interesting because once I really started diving deep into the world of NLP, which let me just give a quick back, like NLP was created by, well, I want to say created. It was, I guess it was, it was curated essentially by these two gentlemen who were studying all these top therapists and hypnotherapists and really figuring out, okay, how are they doing what they do? And so they sat down and they really just systematized and studied all the things that they were doing and saying. So they looked at Milton Erickson, who's a famous hypnotherapist, and they wrote down all of the language that he used. And then they just organized it so that we could then teach it and learn it and apply it. So when it comes to sales, I mean, from my perspective, and I I know from the world of NLP, really being able to move someone towards a sale, in order to do that, you've got to change a lot of beliefs along the way. There's a lot of objections, and an objection is just a belief that doesn't align with Mm -hmm. them taking action. So when we can kind of help someone release those beliefs and shift their perspective, all of a sudden they're more receptive to potentially buying. Now you mentioned before, could it be manipulative or, you know, and it can be, it can be used for bad, like for Mm -hmm. bad things in the wrong hands. And unfortunately it is. And I've had some experiences with some quote unquote influencers and I've gotten sales things from them. And they do try to use it mm-hmm. in that way. And we can talk about that too, because yeah, I'm all about calling out to, some of that yeah. stuff. But yeah, I mean, the majority of people that I see using it are, are using it from a, a place of ecology, which is like, it's okay for you. It's good for other people. It's good for the environment. It's good for the world. Like that's an important part of being able to 
apply this knowledge is making sure that you're doing it from a, an authentic, good place. But honestly, like when somebody's not being in integrity with the way that they're applying and using it, yeah, you can kind of tell. Like you just get that icky feeling in your gut. And for those people who are like a little bit more connected and intuitive, the sirens go off. Unfortunately, for people who are newer to the online space, who just see big flashy numbers and they see somebody who seems mm-hmm. respected, they might have that gut feeling of this is wrong. And then they take action anyway, because like, well, I don't know any better. I'm just going to trust this person in this authority position. But I am seeing that shift a lot in the online space because it's just getting more saturated. So those people, they're not going to make it long So when you say using it, like what does it actually mean? What are some of the phrases that you can kind of drop, both good and bad, so we can kind of start to wrap our heads around Mm -hmm. what is it even? So, I mean, there's so many different things. I mean, with anything in NLP, like you you take an example of a belief, like I will share one that's that you can use for good. So something that I've talked about a lot with people who, you know, are interested in working with me, I know a big objection that comes up is, you know, I just don't feel expert enough. And so I can put on the greatest challenge, the best summit, the most incredible video series that anyone's ever seen, and pitch them a program about growing their own business. But if they just don't believe they're expert enough, nothing that I say is going to mm-hmm. get them to buy because there's an internal belief that it's not going to work for them. They might say, oh, I really believe in Jen's process. I believe in her method. I see how it works for other people, mm-hmm. but it just won't work for me. So in order for me to help move that person to a place where they can actually make the best decision for them, I first want to help them release beliefs that are preventing them from getting that clarity. So if somebody's saying, I just don't feel expert enough, Well, instead of saying, but you are, but you are expert enough and kind of being, you know, in conflict with that belief and kind of bumping up against it and just saying the opposite. When you're doing NLP, you can use things like metaphors or stories or counter examples to help shift that. So, you know, I'll ask questions and really get to the core of what that belief even is. Well, I'm not expert enough. Okay, interesting. Well, what actually qualifies someone as an expert? What does that mean to you? Because what I really love to do with, you know, sales and with my clients is really understand their model of the world. Like we all have our own understandings and perceptions about what things are. So I'll say, well, what exactly is an expert and what qualifies someone as an expert? You know, do you need to have 50 years of experience in a field? Do you have to have a doctorate? Do you need to have a New York Times bestselling book? Does Oprah need to endorse you? A big one these days is like, you need to have 10,000 followers or more. And like, then you're an expert. And there's so many holes that we can poke in all Mm -hmm. of that. But, you know, I can kind of go in and say, all right, well, have you ever been been introduced to somebody who has 100,000 followers and they didn't know anything Mm -hmm. about anything, right? We can always see that there's somebody who is not, who has those things, who's not an expert. And then we can look at all the people who are incredible experts and are completely like not on Mm -hmm. social media have like in-person practices and they're like the internet's best kept secret. So we can always find counter examples of the opposite. And basically what that says is like, well, their understanding of expertise is not a universal truth. Therefore, their perception is not, you know, we can kind of break down the belief that they have and chip away at it a little bit and kind of, then we have the opportunity, once we loosen that belief, we have the opportunity to move in and kind of shift them to a new belief. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, well, if that's not what an expert is, and those are not the things that are required for expertise, well, what else could an expert Mm -hmm. be? How else could you develop expertise? And they're like, well, you know, maybe I would need to get somebody results. 
okay, how many people would you need to get results specifically? Like one person, 10 people, 400 people. They're like, uh, at least two. I'm like, okay. So if you get at least two people results, you are qualified enough to, you know, create this group coaching program, create this course. I go, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So you're one person that you've helped. So all you need is one other person and boom, you're an expert or you feel expert enough to take action. So that's kind of an example of one way where you can kind of move someone through and help them really get clarity so that when they are presented with a buying decision, they're like oh, really <laughs> able to look at your method and say, okay, well, does this program actually work for me? Does this coach actually work for me? And they're not personally feeling held back in their own beliefs about themselves. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I see that working really well in like a call in like a discovery mm-hmm. call or a in-person conversation. How do you suggest pulling out some of those same kind of tactics on like a, a webinar or a video series that's either pre-recorded or you're you're not able to change as much on the fly? Yeah. So this is kind of one of the reasons why I feel like it's so important to have a niche, to like know your ideal client avatar, because typically if you've gotten a lot of clarity around that, the majority of people who are showing up to your webinar are going to have the same problems. Yeah. They're going to have the same life. So, you know, even in the past, like I used to speak to online coaches and some of them were network marketers, some of them were not. So when I would be on a webinar, I would have a little bit more of a challenge with that because I'd kind of be doing a little bit of a dance. Like, so if you're a coach or also like if you're a network marketer and you have these problems, but if you're also a coach and you have these problems, so like there really is so much power in, in just knowing specifically who you're talking to, because then it just makes it a lot easier, whether you're creating sales copy, doing webinar, doing challenge, really anything that you're creating. And then people are like, oh my gosh, she's in my head. It's like, she's speaking directly to me. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how you can create that deeper connection just by picking one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've definitely done those back and forth webinars before where we're like, yeah. Oh, but also <laughs> <laughs> like if you're a creative, but yeah. also if you're a photographer and also if you have a web design business forever. Yeah. 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 You don't know me, Jen. Just, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so tell me about how it could be used for manipulation. Where have you seen someone kind of take that idea and use it not for great things? Mm-hmm. So... I was at a live event and this particular person was doing quite a few things that just didn't feel right all throughout the event, kind of like trying to get me in their mastermind. And I had already said no multiple times because I was already in two high level masterminds and they didn't know that. They didn't know anything about my business. So I was already a little bit turned off. And so, I mean, there's so many things we can go into, but the very last thing that just really blew my mind, you know, this person had done, you know, a bunch of pitching from stage And then they said, okay, guys, before we wrap up, you know, we're just gonna, I'm going to take you through like a closed eye process. Okay. So they, everyone closes their eyes and I'm kind of opening my eyes a little bit and they've got their script now on their lap. And I'm like, okay. And they start going through a very like standard hypnosis. I'm a master hypnotherapist. So I'm like, okay, we're doing a little Milton model patterns, which is fine. Okay. You can do hypnosis for good. I love using hypnosis to help people with things. So this person goes into this whole hypnosis, okay, do the thing, takes people into the induction and says, starts creating all these suggestions for the audience. And you just feel so amazing now that you've invested in fill in the blank of the name of program. 
I almost lost my shit, you guys. Like, I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me right now. (laughs) And after the fact, I asked two of the friends that I was with, I was like, one of them who's also a master hypnotherapist, I was like, I literally am at a loss for words. Like, I was so angry. Like, I had to leave immediately because integrity is like my number one value in business. So that just like, I was like a freaking tomato. I was so pissed. I was was red. I was like, (laughs) I'm going to like freak out. I need to leave this room immediately because it was just so out of integrity. Like you're literally Mm -hmm. using hypnosis and the two women I was with, even the one who's a hypnotherapist was like, Oh, I didn't even hear that. I didn't even realize. Because they were suggestive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they were in that suggestive state, they were, you know, she took everybody through a pretty good induction. So, you know, their brains were in a different state of suggestibility. And when you take somebody into hypnosis, there's something called the critical faculty, which is, what separates like the conscious and the subconscious mind. And so it kind of, when you, somebody says to you, like, maybe you're a little kid and you don't think you're pretty and somebody goes, you're so pretty. And you go, whatever, no, I'm not. You're just saying that because you're my mom. Right. So like, that's the conscious mind being able to reject it. Or you set a goal, you said, I'm going to be a millionaire. But then the conscious mind goes, yeah, right. You can't yeah, right. be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that induced state, it kind of bypasses the blockade of the conscious mind and it can be you know, kind of planted into the subconscious mind. So you do have to be really careful with that stuff. And I was just like really blown away by how Mm -hmm. out of integrity that was. And then that same individual was actually sending like direct mail and it it was kept going to my parents' house. So um, (laughs) my mom was getting a kick out of it. She was like, your friend sent you another piece of mail. And she'd like send me screenshots and stuff. And she was using a lot of hypnotic language and trying to get me on a discovery call. And so one of the things, and this is so subtle, but like I am trained in this, so I could pick it out. And it was like, if when you decide to book a call, so just using the two words, if when, like, if is like, if you do it, and when is a presupposition that you are going to do it. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying like, when you buy now, or like, if you buy now, if when you buy now, or people will say things to like, move somebody through a change, like when would now be a good time to let go of that belief? Mm. So like when you're subtly using it in a coaching session with ecology, it could be really powerful. But when you're using it for no, I don't want to say she was necessarily using it for manipulation. But because I know NLP, I was looking at that going, you're trying to manipulate me, you're trying to like use little Jedi mind tricks to get me to be in your mastermind that I've already said new to five times. Mm -hmm. So like, what's the deal, dude? Yeah. So yeah, I would say those are some things that I've seen that are like really scary, and really dangerous ways of using it. The key difference that I feel like a lot of us can take away from this is that when you're coming from these breakthroughs in in a place of good, the job that I want to do is, yes, help tear apart some of the limiting beliefs that you have if they simply just aren't true, like make you see an alternate reality. Mm -hmm. But then ultimately, once you see that alternate reality, I still want it to be your decision on what you're doing after that and because of this new awareness. So deciding to invest or deciding not to invest. But I think what you're talking about here is that person going through all of those steps for the other person, which isn't fun. Right. And also like the, I think for the majority of people that I am connected to in the online space, you guys, so many other peers, you know, when we go through launches, the intention is to give people clarity, help them believe in themselves, show them what's possible, really get them to that imagine if place and like future pace them and help them see what their life could be like. And I, I think that's a beautiful way of using, you know, some things that NLP does teach to create more expansiveness and possibility for that person in the way that they look at the world. I know so many people gifted that to me, which is why I've gotten to where I am today. So I think it's such a powerful way of showing up. 
And the difference is when you're using it from a place of integrity, you bring that person to that place and then they're in a peak buying state and then you can present your offer and get the most accurate and you know you're bringing them to a place where they can make the best choice for themselves from a place of possibility versus like negative circumstance yeah whereas like what the other person was doing who I felt was very out of integrity with their usage of it was taking somebody to that imagine if place and then using hypnosis to try to plant that their solution is the only solution you know what I mean like this is a bit of a difference so Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I've talked to a couple of friends of mine, and they were like, oh, you know, you, because I used to have, like, NLP on a lot of my, like, social media stuff. And, and they were like, well, you know, why do you put that on? And I was like, well, a lot of people are interested in NLP these days. And I, I get, like, three messages a week on Instagram from people I've never met asking me, like, where'd you get certified? Where'd you get certified? That's, like, the new buzzword. Mm-hmm. And this person was like, you know, I, I think you should remove it or, or consider removing it because it also has, like, a negative you know, reputation. And also, and also you're so much more than that. Mm. They were like, you don't Mm. want people to think that you, you can go through like a one week training and get the same level of like expertise and experience that you have. So that was like why I took it away. But like, I still love NLP and it's a huge foundational piece Mm -hmm. to like, Mm -hmm. and and people who haven't even like gone through certification stuff, like it's so much of what's built into what's taught in a lot of online marketing programs and business programs. People just yeah. don't know it's what they're doing. Right. 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 A whole imagine if. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's not even necessarily something I was familiar with until maybe six, eight months ago. Yeah. But prior to that, it had, whether I realized it or not, been a part of a lot of the teaching that I had mm-hmm. received from previous coaches, previous courses were like, here's the format of a webinar and the things you should include or the things that should be on your sales page. And whether I realized it or not, they utilized a lot of those principles. And it's not all that shocking when you know who's connected in this industry mm-hmm. and their background and Everyone. all that. <laughs> it all makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how we could utilize it for ourselves. Like I get the thought that we could change other people's beliefs, but how could we get ourselves to the optimal state to best serve our people? So to give you a little bit of like the communication model of NLP, all of us are taking in information. Mm -hmm. We're being given around 2.3 billion bits per second of information. And we are filtering that down to 126 bits per second. And our brains, so like the numbers are kind of irrelevant, but just really thinking about how much is actually lost between like what's around us, like what we can see, what we can hear, smell, taste, and how much is actually being taken in by the brain. That's why two people can go to the same movie. One person absolutely loves it, has the best experience. Life has changed forever. And another person's like, that was the biggest piece of crap I've ever seen. So when we look at how the brain works, there's something in the brain called the reticular activating system. And that is part of what's helping the brain to kind of narrow it down to 126 bits per second. So as business owners, it's so important for us to recognize that when it comes to sales. And here's why. Because whatever we are taking in, our thoughts, our our feelings, we are creating what is called an internal representation. And this is the pictures and movies that we think. So when it comes to sales, if you think about a client who says, I used to work with a lot of health coaches. So their client would say, I really want to get fit. Keyword, operative word, fit. Mm-hmm. And for that person, the coach who's selling a course, 
they believe in their mind that fit and lean are the same thing. Mm. So they have the same picture in their mind for those two words. So at the end of a sales conversation or in their sales copy, they are talking to the person who's just about to buy and they say, don't worry, this program is going to help you get fill in the blank. And they use a different word, right? The person wanted to get fit. They say, you're going to get lean or you're going to get ripped or whatever it is. They Mm -hmm. use a different word. And all of a sudden, the potential client, they've got like all these different pictures in their mind. They got a yoga body in their mind. They got a bodybuilder in their mind. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what I want. Now, they're not necessarily totally consciously aware of that. So now all of a sudden, there's this this break in rapport because they don't feel like they've been heard and understood. And they're not totally 100% sure that the coach understands the problem that they want solved. Mm -hmm. So that's one way where as business owners and coaches, we want to be really mindful. And we can kind of pull from NLP to become more aware of that. The other thing is, you know, I was just talking about how when we have thoughts, or we see different words, we create internal representations. So all of our thoughts that we think have some kind of emotional state attached to them. And we can change those emotional states, but for the most part, they've got a set emotional state. So if you think about a picture of a stuffed animal, that's going to create an emotional state. If you think about your favorite stuffed animal from childhood, that might create something else. So when we think about, and then also our physiology impacts. So the the two primary things that impact our emotional state are the thoughts that we think, so our pictures and movies, and our, our physiology, how our body is. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I know for myself, there were times where I I noticed coming back from a trip that I really didn't want to sit at my desk that I'm sitting at right now. And so I went in the kitchen and I I worked in there and I felt a thousand times better. I was like, that's really weird. Maybe I just needed a a change of scenery. What I actually realized was I anchored a negative state to this desk because there were so many days in a row where I would come back from traveling like every single month and I'd come home and I'd have to just like catch up on everything. Mm -hmm. So it would be already feeling overwhelmed sitting down in this chair. And the moment I sat down in this chair, it was like the overwhelm would just flood. So anytime then I sat in the chair, I had created an anchor for a negative state based on my physiology and location. Mm -hmm. And that created that trigger in that loop. Mm -hmm. So we want to be aware kind of of both sides of this, the the thoughts and also the physiology uh, attacking our state, because depending on your state, that to me, I would say like, all success is state dependent Mm. because when you're in a negative state, Mm. everything feels like a problem. Yep. Mm. Like when you're trying to solve a problem from a negative state or have a conversation with a spouse or, you know, work something out with a team member, it's just, you just can't get the clarity that you need. And everything feels so much harder. And I know so many entrepreneurs are still in that, you know, hustle mode where they believe Mm. they have to work harder to get success and, you know, they're losing sleep and all of that's affecting their state. And so they're spending 12 hours on a computer hustling, doing like work that the work that they're creating is that work from a negative state. So it's not aligned. They're getting on video and we can all feel their energy that they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then they're wondering why they don't make sales. So (laughs) (laughs) success is state dependent. And based on our state, that's what influences our behavior. When you're Mm -hmm. feeling exhausted, are you going to do the live video or are you going to sit and watch Netflix and catch Mm -hmm. up on the last episode of Bachelor in Paradise? Like you're going to watch Bachelor in Paradise, right? And so, and then if you look at somebody's behavior over time, that's measurable. You either did it or you didn't like ones and zeros. So we can look at somebody's behavior over time and really say, okay, well, this is the result that you got. And this is the result that you're going to continue to get. Mm -hmm. And it really does come back to being able to effectively manage our state. So that's kind of like the other big piece where I know for myself, really understanding the communication model of NLP, that was a huge aha for me of really recognizing how essential my energy is. And I made a huge shift because I used to be that like entrepreneur that was like, work harder, burn out, get it all done Mm -hmm. yourself. 
And when I started really understanding that like, I don't have to do it all alone, you don't get a badge or some kind of award for, you know, being the solo entrepreneur. Nobody's coming to like, be like, good for you. Like, it's not coming. You know, that was a huge shift for me Mm -hmm. in really being able to get my energy back. And Mm -hmm. I started to recognize, okay, my vitality, my energy, my ability to be a magnetic leader is the absolute number one priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I keep going back to this phrase and I've heard it a lot lately and I, I don't know what that means about me. Probably that I'm watching too much daytime TV. And, but they say the phrase that if you do the same thing, expecting a different result, that's the definition of psychotic or something along the lines mm-hmm. of like, and I think so often in entrepreneurship, we kind of have the same problems. You're talking about ones and zeros. If you either always do it or you always don't, it's it's really hard to break your own pattern, especially when you're starting to attach all these negative feelings or emotions to certain things. Do you have ideas for how to break the pattern and or maybe something that you did do in the past and you did see success in at some point or another, even though you kept doing it, the results did change. And now you've kind of covered up what was previously a good thing? Do you have ideas for how to interrupt that pattern and get yourself back to a positive place? I love this question. Okay. So the the first thing that I think I want everyone to understand is that when we do something on repetition, especially with a good amount of any kind of emotion, just some kind of emotional intensity behind it, we are essentially firing and wiring neuropathways in the brain. And if you follow Dr. Joe Dispenza, he says all the time, what fires together, wires together. So think of it as like a big highway in your brain. So you've created these triggers essentially so that when your alarm goes off, you don't have to consciously think about stuff. You just automatically do it. Or like think about being in a car. Like Mm -hmm. if you learned how to drive, you don't have to think about, oh, I need to push this down and pull it back into drive. And oh gosh, got to make sure I put my foot on the pedal in order to do that. Like you just do it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. So for everybody who's listening to this, who's been, you know, maybe struggling to get out of a pattern loop that they've been in for a long time, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if you're not a failure, you're not, yeah, like, you're welcome to the club. Like, you're not a failure. There's nothing wrong with you. These are neural pathways that you've built in your brain. And so it's not something that you're doing consciously. It's something that is in your subconscious and your body has actually taken over and it's mm-hmm. on autopilot. And like, our bodies have an intelligence. And so Mm -hmm. our brain is trying to automate as much as possible to allow us to do other things and maximize our energy and maximize our brain power. So like brushing your teeth, like when was the last time you consciously thought about like the proper way to brush your teeth? (laughs) It's probably been a while. And it's interesting, like I come from an acting background and for a lot of actors, when they step out on stage, they're very uncomfortable in their bodies. Like, oh my God, wait, how, how do you walk? How, how do I normally walk? How do or they have to like pantomime something in a what scene are my where they're hands doing? Yeah, what are my hands doing. Why do you, no? Your hands go opposite with your legs, you know, <laughs> or you have to do something on stage where you're cooking something and you just like forget how you're like how, how, do, I, yeah. how do I cook? <laughs> oh my god! Because it's so unconscious, and when you're stepping out on stage, somebody's watching you. You're you're trying to like put you know a character spin on it, and you're just like wait. You have to, part of acting is literally relearning how to be a human being (laughs) because it's so unconscious. We've literally forgotten or we're not consciously aware. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're like trying to 
teach someone how to drive right now, if you had somebody you had to teach, you'd probably like, I know I would have to think about it. I'd be like, yeah. okay, oh, right. You got to put on your blinker, you know? Okay. Yeah. Right. So you want to like look behind you first. Cause we just do it automatically, which is great that the brain does that to help us optimize. However, cause it allows us to survive and not have to think consciously about every single move that we make. The downside to it is that when we do want to change one of those habit loops, we have to then make it conscious. And for a lot of people, that's mentally taxing. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I know for myself, we've been getting into a, a new eating habit and it's just like, oh, right, I got to cook. Like, I'm just not used to doing it. Do okay, we got to like go to the store. What are we buying again? And especially for an entrepreneur, I'm like, oh, I got so many decisions to make all day. Like, I just don't want to make another decision. Mm -hmm. I just don't like, I just don't have the energy for it. And there's some reality to that. Like our brains literally have, when, every time we make a decision, we use up glucose in the brain. So there's something called decision fatigue, which is a totally real thing where you just literally, your brain is like, I'm done. I'm tapped out for the day. Yeah. So kind of going back to the first thing is like, just know it's okay if you've kind of quote unquote failed or stumbled building a new habit because you may have some pretty strong neural pathways that you've created with certain triggers and habits previously. So kind of the other piece to this was, so then if it's like, I don't want people to be like, oh crap, oh my God, it's a strong neural pathway. Now what do I do? I'm hopeless. Like you're not hopeless at all. Like I got you. So one of the things when it comes to changing a pattern, changing a belief, changing a thought, in order to do that, there's a few layers to it. But one of the first things is actually deciding, mm -hmm. actually deciding that you're going to do it. Because when people are making a change, one of the most challenging things for them is that they say they're going to change, but they're not all in. And mm. so they're actually going in a circle, half doing it, toe dipping. And people say, oh, it's hard to make a change because, you know, it, or it takes a long, that's the belief that a lot of people hold. It takes a long time to make a change. It doesn't take a long time to make a change because you've probably experienced like when you make a decision about something and you yeah. actually decide it's done, there's no looking back. What's actually taking people a long time is them deciding if they're going to decide to make a change. Mm because they're half in. And so, I mean, one of the big things within NLP and, and really getting somebody to that place where they are ready to take responsibility to make a change is, and Tony Robbins talks about this and he says all the time, you have to make the shoulds a must. When the mm. shoulds become a must, you've decided. Mm. And in order to get to that next place, you want to have some leverage. Like, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs will talk about like, what is your why? Why are you doing this? So to give you an example, my dad, when I was a kid, he smoked and he would always be like, come give me a hug. Come, come hang out with me on the chair. Like, come give me kisses. And I would run up to him, jump on him and go, ew, your breath stinks and run away <laughs> over and over and over and over again. Now he loved smoking. That was like his thing. But as a little, you know, three, four year old, I had leverage. Yeah. I created so much pain for him staying where he was smoking, yeah. not getting the love of his daughter, having the rejection that, cause we, we always move towards pleasure or away from pain. Mm -hmm. So most people associate a lot of pain with changing because it requires more energy, more effort. So they've attached a lot of pain to changing. But in that instance, I got leverage because I created more pain to staying where he was mm -hmm. because he was going to lose love from his daughter. So that then became more painful than the potential discomfort of having to overcome a nicotine addiction and find another way to 
you know, have some other kind of oral, you know, so that he switched to pretzels and gained like 50 pounds, <laughs> you know, so he, he figured out a way to do it without all the patches and all of that stuff. But you want to, but for him, he quit cold turkey because he made a should a must. Like I should quit smoking. You know, he's like, I must quit smoking or I'm literally going to lose these years with my kids. They're uh-huh. not going to want to be around me. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you can twist the knife and make something really painful, that can be really powerful. Now, for many of us, we do this to just kind of tie it back to quickly what we were talking about before with uh, sales psychology and business. We do this with sales pages mm-hmm. or with webinars. We ask people, we say, you know, where will your life be in the next six months, the next year, the next five years, if you make a change, if you yeah. you know invest in yourself, if you do this thing, people are like, wow, imagine if I could have all these things. So we're showing them the pleasure, moving towards pleasure. And then we're also hitting on the pain. We're saying, and where will your life be if you don't take action? If you continue doing exactly what you're doing right now, where will your life be in a year, in two years, in three years, in five years, in 50 years? And do you want to look at yourself in the mirror in 20 years and have to tell yourself, we could have been further along. We could have had those things, but I decided to be in fear, right? So yeah. we, can, we can add those things into when we're selling to help people make a should and must and get that leverage to move them into the most empowered decision for them. And all we're doing as coaches, as marketers, is really helping them truly understand what's at stake because the stakes are high. So it's our responsibility and our job to help them really see that and paint that picture for them. And then in terms of, of kind of this last thing of interrupting the pattern, you know, when we're doing the same things every single day, we have the same people, the same environment, the same triggers, we eat the same foods, we listen to the, you know, we go on Facebook at the same time. So we want to, I encourage all of you guys who are trying to break some kind of pattern, like create a different environment for yourself. That's a really awesome way to kind of shift to that trigger. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like when I go on vacation, all of a sudden I have different habits and patterns. Like I'm like, I'm going to wake up early. And I find it easier to wake up early because like I'm on vacation and I'm like doing a thing. So that's one really easy way, you know, speaking to a large group of people right now who are listening to this, that's an easy way for you guys to do that. So maybe it's something as simple as creating a reminder on your phone, Mm. that an alarm that goes off that tells you to do something, Mm. you know, try some new things and ask your friends, like, what are they doing to help reinforce certain habits and patterns and get that accountability, get that person in your life who's going to help you there was a, a great example with weight loss. Tony Robbins, he was on The View, and he tells a story how all the women he was talking about how you know powerful your state is and energy and all this stuff because he teaches everything he teaches is NLP based. He now calls it NAC, but it is all NLP. It was because of a trademark thing back in the day. So he was talking to the ladies on The View, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna get fit. We're all gonna work out." They're really excited to tell him after the show. And he's like, well, what are you guys going to do? And they were like, "We're all going to work out. Like we're all going to like keep each other accountable." And he was like, "That's a terrible idea." <laughs> that's the worst idea they're like why oh my god are you kidding i'm gonna be so excited for us he's like because you're all at the same level he's like mm-hmm. and one morning one of you is gonna come in and go guys do you want to just skip the workout today and go get frozen yogurt or whatever it was he's like and then you will all cave he's like you mm-hmm. guys have got to find other people who've mm-hmm. already had success with it success mm-hmm. leaves clues right go find a mentor go find a coach go find somebody who can actually guide you through this process mm-hmm. who you know, obviously when you pay for something, you got a little more skin in the game, but like get the skin in the game with somebody who can actually guide you through the process. Don't find other people who are at your level or lower because you're either going to be dragging them along or they're going to take you down with them. 
Yeah. <laughs> Happens all the time. Yep. No, and I find it funny that you may be already willing to do this in certain areas of your life. And then other areas, yeah. you're almost like protecting yourself against making changes for God knows what reason. Whatever reason. I mean, yeah. it's it, just the fact that we don't like change as humans. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little bit hard to wrap our heads around that. Like it's uncomfortable and it's not fun usually. I mean, even if it brings us better results, it's not like your dad quitting smoking was like a walk in the park. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. he loved the result, but also gaining 50 pounds from eating too many pretzels (laughs) is a little bit frustrating. So, well, I mean, he could have definitely made better choices with that um, and had a little bit more. He wants some celery, dad. He could have picked celery. He could have picked any other like cigarette shaped food. But for him, he just kind of used that as an excuse to like, well, I quit smoking, so now I can eat whatever I want. Right. Because that was like his mindset of like, well, I did something good. So now I get to like have a cheat day. And that's like kind of like the dieter mentality that he like applied Uh to smoking, which is kind of hilarious. But I think too, like you said, that people find it hard to change. And even that is a belief in itself. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that is a very universally accepted belief that it is hard to change. And so we find, especially like you guys mentor so many people. So it's like you look at the people who you're, coaching or mentoring, and you're, you're helping them move towards the result that they want, and they have a belief it's hard to change. And yet, like, again, it's that pain and pleasure. They are so willing to sit in mediocrity and wake up every single day unhappy with where they're at, that they're not stepping out. And so there's something called a secondary gain. You know, when you do some work with people around helping them let go of certain beliefs and they still are holding on to it, again, coming back to pain and pleasure, it's like, what is the secondary gain? And that essentially means like, what else are that they're getting something else out of a certain behavior or belief, some kind mm-hmm. of benefit that's keeping them held back. So an example of this might be, you know, somebody's going to lose weight, and they're going to get their, you know, fitness back on track. And they're really excited about it. And they've done all the release work, they're ready. But every Friday, they hang out with their friends and they go to happy hour and they have 50 mm-hmm. cent wings and mm. and happy hour drinks. And so now they know that doing that with their friends is not going to fit into their new lifestyle. So now they're going to have to make an uncomfortable choice. They're either going to have to go to those people who provide love and connection and camaraderie and significance and you know all these other amazing benefits. It's something wow. they love to do. So now they're going to have to go to those people and be the person, because I know I've been this person who's like, oh, I'm eating healthy, guys. Yeah, and get razzed for being, oh, you're eating healthy, right? Because those people are not in that mindset. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to cave and eat what they're eating, or they're going to have to not go at all. And like none of those seem like fun choices. So instead mm-hmm. of making the decision to finally get on track, People go, I'm just not going to do it because they don't want to have to deal with that uncomfortable situation. Because Mm -hmm. the idea of losing those friendships and having FOMO and not being part of that situation in that moment feels more painful than not being able to button pants. Mm -hmm. So they, or it feels equally painful, right? So they're like, I really want to do this thing, but it's going to be hard and I can start next week. And we also, it's Thursday. So like, I'm going to see them tomorrow. So right. And we start coming up with all of these excuses and we can talk ourselves out of just about anything, like literally anything. 
give me a scenario we can talk about, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) we can talk ourselves out of anything. So we have to be really mindful of that when we make a decision and then we start going back on it and backpedaling or, you know, people have buyer's remorse. I'm like, oh my God, what did I just do? Right. We see this coming up all the time as business owners where people start to panic that they made the wrong choice because they start allowing their unconscious to now fill in all of the blanks. So when we make a change, that's the point where, you know, as a coach, it's like, you want to really be sure that you're stepping up to support your people. Because when they make a decision to buy, for example, and invest in a course, like there's that first rush of like, oh my God, I just invested in myself. This is amazing. And then like, whatever it is, like two weeks, three weeks, depending on how your course is, then like reality mm-hmm. sets in that they're going to actually have to show up and do work and do uncomfortable things. And then they start going, oh my God, what if I'm not good enough? Oh my gosh, what if somebody thinks I'm a fraud? Oh my gosh. And so then they don't want to take action. They want to sit in learning mode and just watch the videos and, oh, I got to go back through. I got to go back to module one. I think I missed something. And they start going in this loop and not showing up because the brain does not like the unknown, right? That's Mm -hmm. like our ego. It wants to fill in the blanks. And like our brains are wired to create narratives. So it's going to build a story about something. Mm Mm-hmm. And yes. that's, that's really like, we could go into a whole thing about that too, but no, that's for really sure. <laughs> if you feel personally victimized by this episode, um, <laughs> which I do, I feel like you're probably, you probably have some stuff you need to check yourself on. Um, but I also love that you give so much actionable advice for how to utilize this, not only for ourselves, but to increase sales and to affect the people we want to affect when it comes to business. So if you could give our audience three to five action steps that they could kind of take away and, you know, work on themselves, but also maybe make some positive changes in their personal sales process. Well, I think you just gave a perfect one. Like if you feel personally victimized by anything that was said, (laughs) like just before you allow yourself to go into an emotional state, which we talked about Mm -hmm. before, I invite you to ask yourself, what specifically did that just trigger? And what is the belief that we just bumped up against that really resonated for you? Because that's a beautiful entry point for you to begin doing some of this work. So to give you guys some action steps, the first thing is just like, write down that belief. Like, whatever it is, even if you really hate that you just wrote that down, like write that down. And I encourage you to to journal on this. Like, when did you decide that? So if the belief was, you know, losing weight is really hard, or I'm never going to quit smoking, or, you know, I'm never going to be a million dollar earner, like write that down and ask yourself, like, when did you decide that? And then like, this is a little bit of uh, questions from Byron Katie, a little bit of a a playoff of what she had, uh, which you guys can totally go look that up. Is it true? Is that belief true? Do you want that to be true? And then the last question is, if you don't want that to be true, what do you actually want your truth to be? Mm-hmm. Because we are always creating our own reality. And you can look at it through the metaphysical perspective of, you know, and quantum physics of like our vibration. We're, we're all energetically connected. We are energy. So we are going to pull in based on our vibration and our state of like whatever we are thinking and feeling. You can also look at it from the psychology perspective of self-fulfilling prophecies that whatever you believe to be true about yourself, you will create that. Or you could look at it through like the personal development perspective of destination fixation, that whatever you focus on, you will get. If you are, you know, riding a skateboard and you keep saying to yourself, don't hit the curb, don't hit the curb, don't hit the curb, don't hit the curb, you're going to hit the curb, right? 
<laughs> so you, you want to be mindful of that. So you're in a place now where I invite you to kind of begin to rewrite some of those patterns, some of those beliefs. And it really starts with repetition. People ask me all the time, well, Jen, I want to break this pattern. I want to break this thought. How do I do it? Well, kind of just to close this out, we talked about the neural pathways before. If you've been saying for 25 years, the same thing multiple times a day, every single day, and adding emotion to it, telling that narrative that you've created, whatever it may be, over and over and over again to your therapist, to your friend, to your coach, and you just keep reinforcing that this is just the way it is. This is just, it's not fair for me because fill in the blank. You are reinforcing those patterns. You've created a strong neural pathway. So if you want to add in these like new affirmations or beliefs that you've been creating of like, I am abundant and money is everywhere. And it's so easy and effortless for my, the cells of my body to release fat. Like whatever those beliefs are, you've got to put the same intentionality, the same energy, the same amount of repetition to create strength in that new neural pathway. And my friend, Dr. Shannon Irvin talks about this a lot where, you know, she's a neuroscientist. And so she talks about how a lot of times people, they give up after 21 days or they go, oh, 21 days or whatever it is. Okay, cool. We've got the new belief. Now, from what she studied, she's like, well, at that point, the two neural pathways are like, however many days it is, they're about equal. But what's the thing you've been doing for forever, right? So that's where people start to default and go back to old habits because they have not fully ripped out those old patterns and those old beliefs. So whatever it is that you're doing, whether it be a new fitness routine, whether it be you know showing up consistently in a certain way in your business, quitting smoking, whatever that habit is. You've just got to be consistent with it. It's the unsexy truth. But now that you kind of know a little bit more about how the brain is responding to this, hopefully that gives you some clarity around that. It's not just this boring thing of be consistent, be consistent. Mm -hmm. Now you're understanding like how that's actually moving you towards that goal. So yeah. yeah. Jen, I love that. I hope you guys took away some (laughs) action steps and wrote down some notes because I know that that's a lot of homework for you guys to consider, but I... Truly, truly, truly think it's so beneficial. Jen, how about you tell everyone where they can keep learning from you, hanging out with you online? Yeah, totally. So you guys can connect with me anywhere and everywhere at Hey Jen Casey. That's my website, Instagram handle, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, And then my podcast, The Inner Boss Podcast. Perfect. Jen, thank you so much. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.